Welcome to the Ausländer. Um, welcome to a new episode of the, the Ausländer. Um, to this episode, I have a very special guest that actually we don't know each other in person, but you know, context of context so through Katrin, which was the first episode of this season, I got to meet uh, Christine. Um, Christine is from Germany, uh, Oberhusel, same town as, as Katrin, but you lived in quite some countries right now living in back to Germany as, as far as I understood in Munich um, but you lived in New Zealand Peru Ireland Argentina China Netherlands I, I need I needed the PDF here just to check all the list um, yeah. I don't know if that's the correct order hi Christine happy to have you here hi Mark uh, thank you for inviting me uh, yes that's actually correct so um, it's been six countries for now where I lived, and currently I'm um, back in Germany. I'm currently living in Munich, but um, yeah, I don't have any concrete plans at the moment. But um, also, um, as we're recording the podcast today, I've I've started thinking about yeah, where to move next, maybe. But yeah, no con no concrete plans until now. Okay, like a, a person who never stops. Like I mean, you already done it six times, so one more will not uh, <laughs> will not kill you. That's for sure. <laughs> um, how did it happen? Like I mean, we will we will go back to the fact that you did like a kind of circle from Germany to Germany, which is kind of something that through the podcast we've seen regularly. People who leave and then they do this tour and then they end going back home because of whatever reason. Um, how it happened like uh new zealand as a as a first point to go like it was studies related or when did, when did you start this journey like uh, which age and whatever sure um so basically i would say um in my family where i grew up my parents they love to travel so they're already like um used to travel a lot with me and my younger sister and this is basically how I started to, yeah, love traveling, experiencing new countries. And then uh, when I was in high school, um, through my parents, I also got to know the option that um, when you're like a teenager, you can go to a high school in a different country. And that was basically then also, yeah, when I heard it for the first time, this idea was like, oh, well, I definitely want to do this. And, um, yeah, then in the beginning, I thought, um, maybe it's, I want to go to the United States. Um, and because, yeah, I was, yeah, I kind of liked the, the idea of moving there, but then I found out that you basically cannot choose the like concrete, like city or location where you can move. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's, yeah too much of a surprise for the first time being abroad mm -hmm. like not knowing any like not the location at all where I'm gonna move to and then um that was basically one reason why I thought ah maybe New Zealand would be cool and then actually the second reason was because at that time <laughs> you can also ask uh, Katrin later uh, um, I was a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings 
and okay. they filmed the movies in New Zealand, right? <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, why not? But I, I think like I talk with other people a couple of times in Germany. I only know one person who actually did that in back in Catalonia or in Spain, like from my friends, like I think it's much more common in Germany than in other countries to do this. Like you're still a teenager, so you are not even 18 or or you are like, I don't know, I, at what age did you go? Like 16, like this, like before the, the, uh, the abitur, I suppose, like the. Exactly. Yeah. I was 16 when I. Yeah. Okay. So eventually like it, it's always something that surprised me quite a lot because you are like 16 years old and a lot of the people, of the people who does that tend to go to United States. It's like one of the destinations, mm -hmm. the biggest ones. But at the end, you are, you are 16 years old and you, so on top of going to United States, there is far away. Like you are not only considering that, but you say, okay, no, it's United States, no. I go mm -hmm. even farther away, even into the really, really, really end of the world. And I end in New Zealand. How, how is that for a, for a teenager, like 16 years old? How, mm -hmm. how was the experience of saying, okay, did you know how much time you will be there? You know that it was like, it was really, I don't know, a pain in the ass or you were missing a lot of uh, people or, or how it was the experience? Um, so basically, how was it for me? Um, in the beginning, I was just like super excited and also, of course, a bit nervous. Mm. But then I think what helped me is um, that I knew basically to which kind of high school I will attend. And I was kind of able to get prepared. You know, I was able, like, for example, to choose um, the different classes that I want to take. Um, I had the chance to, yeah, at least before, um, get informed a bit about the host family where I would live with. So I had like a few, you know, like touch points to mm -hmm. get prepared in advance. And then also at the time when I went, it's like the typical time during your your um, time at high school as you said before the abitur where quite a lot of people went abroad so for example I had one friend who actually went to Australia and she basically left at the same time when I left to New Zealand so we were we were also like chatting a lot about it and um, so that also helped helped a lot so there was some kind of support over there. Like, I mean, one of the first things that you said is that you traveled a lot with family. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that you don't even like, if you are never traveled too much with your family and you haven't went and enjoyed the part of traveling, even if it's just for tourism itself, I don't think you, you say, oh no, like in, with 16 mm -hmm. years old, uh, with the mentality of a teenager, I say, no, I go to New Zealand. If you don't have the experience of traveling around, that's the first thing. But also the support, I think it's important. Like that, what you said, meeting the host family, uh, having someone else who shares the same experience as you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I suppose as far as you said, like your family was really happy that you take the decision, mm -hmm. seeing that they were like this. Um, School-wise, it is because I heard from someone that then they went to United States and when they came back, they needed to repeat some kind of uh, lectures and whatever. Was this the case with New Zealand also? Um, the thing was, I only went for um, six months in total. Mm. And um, basically, um, yeah, I decided to only spend 
six months there because then I had the chance to directly continue okay. with um yeah with like the normal grade I I was supposed to be in then so I didn't have to repeat it and um yeah but maybe uh, one one point that you mentioned that was definitely um, a major support factor was of course like uh my my family right because they could have said i mean at that time i wasn't even you know like above age you know like mm -hmm. below 18 so they were basically responsible for me so um that was of course like a, a major a major support like also like mindset wise and that they weren't too afraid to say okay you're too young you can maybe travel on your own once you're you know um not living with us anymore um but yeah that was also a major major um factor of course definitely i mean you need to have you need their approval legally to do that that's exactly, for sure exactly <laughs> <laughs> so you need to pass that um how it was when you arrived actually like how was it was it as good as you were expecting you were emotional about it like you had a strong feeling that that you wanted to do it was it really like an experience that you would recommend to to other people definitely yeah um because i think the main thing is really i think new zealand was the first time i was like doing a lot of things on my own like um they uh, uh like traveling on my own for example you know like um only if it were like um day trips for example but i organized it myself mm -hmm. i went on the trip without knowing anyone um and there were a lot of um other exchange students in new zealand like a few from germany as well but also a lot from other countries and then there were a lot of you know like offers especially for these exchange students mm -hmm. and um yeah so i would say i during the time in new zealand i got a lot more like independent and um i think that that really made a difference and um also like yeah um experiencing this time like not seeing like your close friends and family mm -hmm. for like a longer time and learning like how to stay in contact how you know like um yeah as i said uh, uh, organizing organizing things by yourself and um Uh, of course, as as I as as I said, I was living with a host family, and they were also super nice. But still, it's not like your real family, right? You have to like get to know each other, and in the end, um, there's a lot of things that um you're responsible on your own then during that time, and that was a major learning factor. So I would definitely recommend recommend it. I think you, I mean. I did a couple of internships like here and there, United Kingdom, Boston, whatever, but like shorter times, like mainly for learning English, also mm -hmm. being a teenager, like 16, 17, 18 years old. And I really think like this, even if it's like two months or whatever, you really upgrade your maturity in that sense. Like you start being mm -hmm. a little bit more, as you say, independent, like being a little bit more like, okay, yourself and defining, even if of mm -hmm. course you will change. 3,000 times after that, but at least you start defining yourself how you are a little bit more on how you handle certain situations that until that point in your bubble of uh, perfectness, uh, family, whatever, like not everyone has this, of course, but the, the 
thingy that you feel protected around, let's say family, friends, same context, the same thing, explodes. It, it literally explodes. And in your case, it's not exploding in, I don't know, I'm from Germany, I go to France. If something goes wrong, I grab a train and I go back home or, or my parents come here or whatever. You are in New Zealand. So was there any ever any kind of spike of fearness of saying, okay, I'm really far away, like, if something happens right now, did, did you ever have these thoughts at some point? Um, what comes to my mind directly is that I had one major knee injury. So I was driving my bike on a one evening and um, there was a lot of rain and it had just stopped to rain. And then, um, yeah, on the very wet um, street, I was riding the bike and I wanted to, you know, like stop. And then the bike kind of moved and also like my knee moved very weirdly. And so I, that's, yeah, how my knee ended up injured. And that was like a moment when you, when, you know, like when you're injured, you want to be like you know, with your family or like friends, someone like taking care of you. And um I think that was like a hard moment. Although, of course, there was like and they took care of me I think that's like a typical moment when you're like okay I don't even know like um where's the good doctor here or how can I describe the type of injury um in English yeah so definitely. that's of course a lot more difficult and um I would say that that was a moment but um I mean New Zealand right now it's already more than 10 years ago so some yeah, details of course, of course. might have slipped out of my mind <laughs> no, right no. now but um i think that that was definitely um, yeah, ah, but that that moment. still happens eh? like if you get injured mm. in some i mean if i get injured right now here in greece which happened more than one time mm. sometimes you are like okay like who do i call where do i go like who is the mm -hmm. good like i don't know to which specialist do i need to go how do i communicate with this guy i remember the last time exactly. that i had an injury in the leg It ended up like it was me and the doctor and just like having this dummy conversation in English, trying to communicate. I forgot terminology. He didn't remember terminology, even speaking kind of good English until a point that he asked me, oh, what language do you speak? And we ended the whole conversation in Italian because we both were speaking better in Italian <laughs> than, in, than in English in, in, mm -hmm. in Athens, which makes no sense. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, you it's not terminology. It's not language that you use. Neither professionally, if you are not a doctor or in the in the industry or whatever, neither you. It's rare that if you go on holidays and you have something because normally if you don't stay for longer, you don't use this. I don't know how mm -hmm. to say I don't know parts of my body in English, even if I speak English for I don't know now seven years without. I would consider it my main language for a long time right now. Of course, you miss it. Um, But yeah, saying that maybe let's do a little bit of skipping that like uh, New Zealand, yeah. it's a long time ago. It was mm -hmm. six months. You then came back, I suppose, to Germany to do the abitur and to start studying or? Exactly. Um, so when I returned from New Zealand, I had two more years in high school then in Germany. And then um, I would say that's like another um, typical time, like after like finishing high school, right? Like you're like, oh my God, okay, nobody gives, nobody has this plan and I'm totally free. So um, basically I used the chance and um, went abroad again 
before um starting to study at university yeah to really take the time and like also like do something different to be like also kind of sure what i want to do afterwards and um then that's uh how i ended up in peru uh also i would say one major reason was because i started studying spanish in high school and i, I like the language a lot so yeah that's how that's uh that was one reason how i ended up uh spending some time in peru i mean better entering to peru than in argentina if you're studying like classic spanish standard i suppose (laughs) i think it's easier to understand peruvian people than argentinians if they speak really fast you've lived in argentina when they speak fast i i don't understand them sometimes so um So you went there, you had some plan or you just decided, okay, mm. where, where can I go in the world that they speak Spanish so I can improve Spanish? Mm-hmm. And I put the pin here and I say, ah, oh, Peru, it's the, the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say there were like a few reasons. First of all, um, like basically, uh, as I was explaining, I kind of grew up traveling a lot so for me it was always always very exciting to travel somewhere that's outside of Europe I mean I like Europe a lot but it's kind of I've talked about it with also like my my boyfriend and my friends a lot but it's kind of it's it's it excites me so much to like leave the continent yeah I know it's like also like um climate change wise and so it's not like really recommended always but it's still it's excited it excites me a lot So that was one reason why I wanted to go to South America. And then, of course, um, I found it super interesting, this cultural mix, Mm -hmm. like um, this, yeah, super interesting history in Peru with like the Incas and so on, then like the Spanish arriving there and so on. Like, and at the same time, also like the um, very yeah um high quality type of food that they have there like the mm. huge variety and then last but not least what uh, what you mentioned um peru is a country for learning spanish it's it's quite um easy as they don't have like a very strong accent um so it's that kind were of like neutral a, yeah exactly neutral exactly yeah yeah and um as you were asking for the kind of plan Mm, I started in a in a language school mm. like four weeks um to like also like arrive in the country and like kind of you know have like a type of daily structure and also be able to um meet a few other people and then for two months and that was a super um yeah exciting experience I think yeah as I'm thinking about it like kind of a once in a lifetime experience mm. I um went to um a super small yeah village mm-hmm. in the middle of the andes in peru and i um volunteered there in a high school not in a high school in an elementary school in kindergarten as like a teacher nice and that was yeah a cool. really cool experience it's really nice like the first month you stayed in lima then like um, or... in cusco which oh. is like the Yeah, I would like I would say like cultural center in yes. Peru, maybe. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, that's really cool, actually. Like it's good that you realize with 18, and I sometimes miss this from 
from our culture to take the time to try to really understand. Like we really finished high school and for us, this break of finishing something and going abroad, I suppose also socioeconomically, Spain, it's a little bit more fucked up, let's say like this, in the sense that not a lot of people can allow themselves to say, okay, I finished school and I don't go study or I don't go working or I don't try to push it as quickly as possible. But normally this happens for us once we finish university, not with 18. Um, And I heard from a lot of German people who had the opportunity to say, okay, I finish every tour, I'm 18, I take like, I don't know, six months or one year or whatever to do this break thingy, maybe knowing a little bit the world and then coming back with probably a better understanding of what you want to do. You were saying just like, okay, you went to an elementary school. Without doing that, maybe you cannot say yes or no, I want to be a teacher, you know, like it's as basic as that, like were were you having any i mean we haven't said it but you're right now like a strategic manager which is kind of business related at that point mm-hmm. were you really related into that at the beginning or you really did this internship in a school because you were going more to the educational path uh, at that point of time very good question um actually before going to peru i already knew that i don't want to become a teacher um however um during high school i was um yeah also like on a voluntary uh, uh voluntarily basis um i was um yeah supporting like some um kids groups at the local church community in mm-hmm. germany where i was living and that's basically also how the contact came up to peru okay because like basically the local church community were where I was, yeah, volunteering in Germany, they had like a kind of contact person in Peru. Oh, nice. And that's how it came up. And I really enjoyed, um, yeah, these different activities that we were organizing. And that was, I would say, basically more the connection that it, that I really enjoyed it as like part of my free time. But I kind of knew, okay, um, I can't imagine becoming a teacher afterwards. Yeah. Um yeah, but still, yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, uh, spending time with the with the uh, kids in Peru because, as I said, that was like also the thing that I enjoyed um, in Germany a lot. Um, but good question. I basically, yeah, I kind of never thought about um, having like a yeah or having like a job with like children. That's really mm. really interesting. I never I never really thought about it. Um, and I would say it was more regarding. My professional, I would say, yeah, studies or career, it was more like this um, international focus, like mm. really, as you, I think, described it earlier, getting out of my bubble, understanding like the bigger context. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I would say lucky and privileged at the same time that I um, grew up in Germany. I mean, after all, that was not my uh, decision. And I think that's why it's even more important to understand like um, how the yeah um, reality for other people Definitely. looks like, right? Yeah. And I think that that had an impact on on my decision um, of what I would like to study. And eventually, like going to other countries and working with kids, for example. Mm-hmm. So 
I've I've imagined and I I suppose that I I did some voluntary work and not well yeah I was a boy scout with kids whatever but not really work with kids a lot of time in my life um but it also gives you a different perspective what you were saying but not only like okay how is real life it's never never as easy as understanding a kid who is in that same environment and whatever and they speak the truth they just like you see more transparent their reality through a kid than from amazing like an adult on top of that i suppose for your spanish at that point of time that was a, a really great thing to do because what a better way to try to force to speak and whatever to try to <laughs> speak to a kid that you clearly know that he will not uh, understand you if you speak german or english probably so did you use that i mean did it really improve your your language skills for example uh, during that that time Totally. Yeah. I mean, at the time when I was in Peru um, doing the volunteer work, there was also one other German girl. I mean, after all, Germans in general, general, I would say, like to travel. So I would say in the end, you meet them everywhere. Yep. So um, even in this tiny village in Peru, um, but still um, everything else had to be in Spanish because nobody was able to speak um, English or You know, um, I was in this um, small village where they would even sometimes speak the traditional mm. Peru Peruvian language um, Quechua. Mm. So um, it it had to be everything in Spanish, and nice. of course that improved my my Spanish skills a lot. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's already a longer time ago, so I'm missing the practice a bit, but. Um, Still, that was a great experience. And um, another thing that comes to my mind, which I enjoyed so much or that I um, regularly enjoy when I'm abroad is the connection of like not only language. So because I, I remember um, originally the plan was that I'm uh, supposed to teach some English mm. um, to the children because nobody was really good at English um, at the um, elementary school where where I was supporting um, and then they were they started they they asked me yeah do you happen to um, do you happen to know how to play the flute and I really? <laughs> yeah and I used to play it uh, uh, earlier during elementary school as well and um, during high school I used to play um, saxophone and it's quite similar nice and then Uh, th that's why it comes to my mind. So I enjoyed it a lot, understanding, okay, how music, for example, um, can connect you um, so much. Yeah, even not like knowing the, the language. And also another example was, which was also pretty cool, um, the other teachers of the elementary school, they were a bit older than me, but not too not too old. Um, or the, the age difference was not too a big and um we would all play volleyball because volleyball is like a really common sport in peru as well really? and i used to play it as well yeah yeah i didn't know it before either um and yeah i that was so that was such a nice experience for me like understanding okay it it can be the language of course that connects you after but it can be different things also definitely i mean there is much more language in context like common things that we do and hobbies that you might share with the people and understanding each other by, by, I don't know, playing music or doing 
other things and understanding that you might like this person even though you really don't understand this person when they mm -hmm. are talking and that's that's the beauty also of non nonverbal communication in that sense no um how long did you stay in in peru like in total also a six month okay you are you're a six month regular person <laughs> <laughs> Um, Probably, yeah, most of the time I I, uh, I was abroad for like six months. I think the only time I was abroad for longer was in the Netherlands. Um, oh, really? Which is the closest yeah. to Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's a bit sad, unfortunately, but yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, before we jump to the next country, probably, or explaining how it was going back, and then probably there is the studies in there. I don't know. Uh, we can check it out. We should just do a technical break um, quickly and then we, we come back. Sounds great. So welcome back. Um, we were just talking about the six months that you were spending in Peru um, just before starting university. I, I assume that you finished habitual yes. to go to university mm -hmm. at some point. Um, so you came back from South America with a... Greater experience, knowing more flute that you know from uh, from Germany, uh, playing more instruments, probably playing more, speaking better Spanish. Uh, what happened? Like you decided then that you knew, or like it came the illumination while you were in Peru of what you wanted to do, or you came back to Germany and then spent some time in Germany and then decided, okay, now it's time to go to university. What what is the transition there? <laughs> Um, so basically, before going to Peru, I kind of already had the idea of what I would like to study. Mm. And um, Peru basically confirmed my idea. So um, I think it was a recommendation. It was like a co coincidence that like a friend of a friend was like studying at this um, university where I ended up in the end in a mm. really small town close to Stuttgart. At that okay. point, um, I had never heard about it, honestly. The city is called Reutlingen. It's rather small, but they have a really cool um, university there. Um, and also like the program. And that's why I applied there and um, joined this um, study program that I did in the end, because it was 50-50 um, German students and international students. And okay. it was rather small. So I knew um, once I will start studying there that it will be very international. And that was like the major reason why I mm -hmm. why I decided for this university and also um, the study program international business because there was really like this focus on um, yeah this also this intercultural exchange mm -hmm. and that's basically like the um, my studies during my bachelor's were like the reasons why I went then abroad again because it was like mandatory included into the program oh, cool. and it was in english as well everything so um it was really the idea of yeah getting to know the different culture uh, cultural backgrounds of the students of this program and um doing a lot of group works together so it was a really nice um small and international community mm. that's nice that's really cool actually i mean It's funny that you're coming from Oberursel just next to Frankfurt. You go to mm -hmm. study international business, not in Frankfurt, outside of Frankfurt, which mm -hmm. is funny. Um, 
everyone <laughs> comes to Frankfurt to study international business mm-hmm. and you are just living next to it and you go away from it. At the same time, the program, how you present the program, it sounds really, really interesting. Like you have context, you make context in the university at the same time, they force you somehow, even though for you, maybe it was not really needed because you already were, were like away, whatever, but not for studies. So is that how you ended in Ireland? How, how, how did like, how much time you did like two years of university and then go away and, or, or how it was? Yeah, exactly. So that's how I ended up in in Ireland, and it was, um, I would say, kind of an yeah exciting uh, uh, time applying for a job in Ireland because it was like my first internship. You know, I was like a really young student, like doing a few semesters, and I really had no work experience at all. And then I was like, okay, but no, I don't want to stay in Germany. But then finding like an internship, so I I did an internship in the end in Ireland, but finding one out of outside of Germany without any type of like work record or work experience was super difficult. Mm. And I don't know how much time it took me like to find something. And then um, I was super lucky. I don't even remember how I found him, but he was like a recruiter who also studied at the university where I was studying. So I think we kind of had this like one conversation or so. It was not so much. Yeah, not like a huge like type of mm-hmm. application process, but just I think like one or two conversations. And then like he offered me this internship and um I was like, yeah, whatever it's gonna be, I'm just gonna take it. It's it's outside of Germany. That was my goal, and I'm gonna take it. And um then yeah, we had this, you know, he he I got this offer, but I never received the contract. And I was like starting to ask him, yeah, when is the contract arriving? So when are like the exact dates that I'm, you know, like going to start working and so on. And then like basically it was just like, I think two months or like even less before I was supposed to start in Ireland. And he like um, emailed me saying, sorry, um, there were like some organizational structural changes and we don't have this intern position anymore. And I was like, honestly, um, because of course, um, after he had given me um, the offer, um, I also stopped applying, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, and um, yeah, so then I was like, um, you know, like, um, um, luckily, um, again, I, I uh, yeah, I, there was like this one question you asked, so what, what can I do in this type of a situation? And um, also discussing it with my friends, but also like nobody had like a lot of experience, right? Because everybody was supposed to do his first internship. And then I was like, yeah, writing down all the arguments again. And um, yeah, really uh, got myself prepared to like have another like, you know, like telephone call with him. And I explained him like everything that, you know, like I'm that I'm like super motivated and that I really want to do this uh, um, internship abroad. And um, yeah, then luckily in the end, um, he, there was like another position available and um, I ended up doing the internship there. Okay. But it was like, yeah, ups and downs uh, getting there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, with a happy end. Well, I mean, at least you were German enough to 
be safe, like, okay, okay, I have this in confirmation, but asking for the contract, you know, like Spanish style, you got the confirmation, you, the next day you're flying there um, without having a contract. <laughs> so at least, <laughs> at least you had that. Um, but it's funny, actually, like the whole program of studies, it's considering that you need to go abroad, but then you need to search for yourself. There is no like yeah. mm. work, like the, the university is not providing anything for you, like, or really? Okay. That's... No, no, you really had to do it on your own. Of course, they gave you like some ideas and so on, but um, not every, it was not like um, mandatory to do the internship abroad. You had to do it like a mandatory um, exchange semester, mm -hmm. but for like the internship, you could ah, choose ah, okay. whether you would like to stay in Germany or like move abroad. But um, for me, it was like, okay, if they have the opportunity, right? Because um, during your studies, I think it's super easy to, um, you know, like through exchange semester, Erasmus and so on, mm -hmm. spend some time abroad, right? So I really wanted to take that that opportunity. Definitely. I mean, this is one of the things that I'm always fucking regretting at the end. It's that I never did Erasmus. I never did exchange while studying. And it's due mainly because I started working and having internships in Barcelona uh, on the third year, like begin, like by the end of second year of university of four years career. Therefore, I was kind of binded to wherever and they were extending and extending my contracts every every time. So I, I suppose I put the value into having whatever, which it happened at the end, because when I finished university, they changed the contract from internship to being an employee directly without any time in between but at the same time and everyone that i talk uh, they went abroad in erasmus they enjoyed and they really liked or erasmus it doesn't need to be erasmus program but whatever they did an exchange in the whatever the life experience it's i i'm i i regret not not have done mm -hmm. that at the, i mean i've done it afterwards let's say like this in a professional environment but i really regret not not having done that um, so you find the internship, second one, not the first one, mm -hmm. um, Dublin based or where in Ireland? Yeah, exactly. In okay. Dublin. Mm -hmm. oh, nice. Um, I suppose already related, like an internship relating in business, international relations and like, link, yeah, it was link like, to um, the studies, I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was like in an international like tech company, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Dublin is like a um, city where all the major tech companies have a huge office. So um, I was doing an internship in one one of the tech companies there. Nice. Always putting their taxes into Ireland. Curious. Um, <laughs> um nice so so you just at the end that's the first experience that is a little bit different because until that point you went education or steps in between education ireland was maybe the first time that you went going abroad for professional business related um topics did that experience change to a lot depending i mean Come on, it's Dublin. There is a lot of beer. But besides that, I mean, you come from Germany. There is a lot of beer. Um, besides that, there was a real difference between Ireland and, and the previous experience. Like you felt like 
you were going there to work or it was also like half studies? You, you were doing only the internship or you were combining studies and internship? I only did the internship. Okay. And that's, that's a really good question. I actually never thought about it. But now that you're asking me, um, I think it was like the first time I really had to get organized in the country itself. You, you know, like before I was like being like a volunteer or like living with a, you know, like going to, uh, uh, to a high school abroad. Um, yeah, I really had to get organized, meaning I had like to get a social security number. So you really had to like dive deeper mm -hmm. into like, you know, what are like the rules and regulations of the country. Exactly. The bureaucratics. And, um, luckily that was quite easy in Ireland, I guess. Um, due to the fact that there are a lot of um, international people uh, working there. Mm. Um, but also, like, um, it was for me the first time I really had to, like, look for my own place to live yeah. in um, a foreign country. And um, that was also quite an experience, I would say, because, you know, I was used to, like, you know, like the student type of prices and then dublin uh, you know is like this big city with like due to the big companies there um having like quite high um rental prices so that was like um yeah a totally new experience for me also like due to the fact that it was like the first time that i would like earn money i mean that's not also not common for an internship to like earn money there but yeah being like organizing everything for myself and being independent was like on a whole different level right and also having like this of course this like regular schedule right um for monday till friday working and not like being you know like more flexible and i would say what made it interesting then of course was um to experience like the uh, working culture there right and i think that was quite cool and i sometimes still miss it that the um yeah that co-workers in ireland they regularly go out together after work like go to a pub and so on and i really enjoyed this yeah um, the after work the after work yeah, culture. yeah yeah it is like it is uh like that it's but i think i had it i had that experience also in germany even though it's mainly because it I was working with a lot of experts and sort of like and they had foreigners. And when you are working in this kind of companies, what it happens is that everyone it's arriving there kind of alone. So if you don't that do that with the people that you have around you, with who will you do it? Like it's not that you're moving because of uh, love or whatever. Like the majority of the people who is there, it's as alone as you are. So grabbing a beer after work it's i don't know might be the best way of socializing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but good point um um i think it would it it was very similar in or it was a very similar experience for me in dublin as well because due to also as i said due to the all the big tech companies and mm. as it's there i think some type of like um european headquarter they have a lot of people speaking different languages there as they manage the different, you know, like countries out of Ireland. Yeah. And that's where also a lot of like young people 
directly after university moved there as um, and started their first job, which was pretty cool for me because then like the difference, the like the age difference between me being like an intern in like the beginning of my 20s um, was like the age difference was super low to like um, my co-workers because for them it was like their first, first or maybe second job after university. And then they were also interested in, as you just described it, um, getting to know each other, um, going out. And that was a very cool experience. I mean, I think at that point of time, it's it's also really relevant that the city that you go, uh, where you end, especially the beginning of the 20s, like when you're arriving too close to 30s, this dissolves a little bit and you don't give a shit anymore. That, that Let's say like this. But at the <laughs> beginning of the 20s, being in a young, a young city, like dynamic young city, it's much more relevant than, than later on. But at that point of time, you have the energy. And if the energy, if, if your surrounding is killing this energy, it's you're like, you're end frustrated about it because everyone is in another mood and you are like there alone saying, Oh, what the fuck I should do? Like, and, and that's not healthy either. Or that's what I saw in a lot of places. Um, but yeah, Dublin, Dublin has this vibe and due to the tech companies and to the whatever, like they, they have a, li- a life, even though it's raining uh, 80% of the time. It's a nice life, let's say like this. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. You spend there six months again? I again, uh, yeah, again. <laughs> so that's one semester, two semesters. No, one. One semester. One semester. I, mm-hmm. I'm super confused with the semesters all the time. Like, because we go with my university, went with three semesters. So it's three months only, like, whatever. Like, I'm always confused with which one it's what, like, uh, whatever. Um, and then coming back to Germany, you always do this, like, uh, going to a place, going back to Germany, and then another, you never jump between, between countries, no? Good point. That's actually like a thing I haven't done. <laughs> so you, uh, yeah, you came I back always to Ireland. came back and then, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, what year of university were you doing the uh, the internship in Dublin? Like, um, that was during my bachelor's, so it was the fourth semester, so end of my like the second part of the second year. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And then you come back, you finish university, or it's Argentina part of the bachelor also? Yeah, Argentina is also part of the bachelor. That was like the mandatory exchange semester. Ah. So you double it. Like you did the, the, the mm-hmm. oh, they forced me to do one semester, but mm-hmm. I will do two. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you just came back and then you decided to go to Argentina. Like, bouncing like a ball mm-hmm. in between the wall why argentina <laughs> there was <laughs> there was something like a convenient thing within universities or there was like um did you choose or it was chosen what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so first thing as it was like the um exchange semester mm-hmm. we would have to choose um out of the um partner universities of course Right. So um, that, for example, there, there won't um, 
there won't be any fees that you would have to pay us uh, and so on and that um, in general like the process would be um, quite easy right and then we received this um, rather long list of universities and then depending there was like a ranking depending on like your your, your um Rates. your grade and then the the person with like the best grade was like kind of allowed to choose first um where he or she um wanted to spend um the exchange semester and so on and everybody was like allowed to i think have like i think between lists between i think three and five like favorite Chance. universities mm. yeah exactly and for me it was clear due to the fact that i wanted to um study spanish again and um yeah as i like south america so much i wanted to like return to the continent and then it was clear for me okay um i would look out for these partner universities and then like actually another criteria for me was to choose a rather small town yeah because for example we also had um a partner university in buenos aires um which for me was super interesting i wanted to get to know the city but not like living there for a few mm. months because like my experience had been so far that when i was abroad in bigger cities for example dublin that we just talked about in um in big cities there are always like a lot of international people which i enjoy a lot but also um most of the time you would speak um english right because that's usually the language that everybody knows and um my major reason was to study spanish and to dive into the argentinian culture mm. and that's why i um really specifically chose um a smaller city that i also had never heard of similar to reutlingen just like <laughs> saying oh, okay i haven't heard of it Adventure. sounds quite nice and uh, hopefully it will make it easier for me to like get to know mm. um locals and to yeah. at the end like live more like a local life and at the end speak spanish exactly Of course. Exactly. Where were you? Yeah. yeah. Now I'm curious. I was in <laughs> in Rosario. Maybe yeah, you know the city. Of course, Rosario. Yeah, that's oh like gosh. messy city. <laughs> exactly. Of course. I'm from Barcelona. What's this question? Gosh. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> ah, but it's nice. I mean, at the end, did did you come back speaking Argentinian Spanish? Yes, a lot actually. Yeah, of mm -hmm. course. I had quite a strong accent. Unfortunately, everything's gone again. But um, in the end, I was, of course, six months again in Argentina. And um, in the end, my my Spanish was on quite a good level, I would say. And nice. I was able to speak uh, with a lot of Argentinian slang. words or like Argentinian yeah, yeah, slang. I mean, we are used to it. I think Barcelona has one of the biggest communities of uh, Argentinian people. Well, I suppose Madrid, the big cities in Spain, generically, they have a lot of Argentinian, but in Barcelona, like a bit like cheer up to all the Argentinians in Barcelona because you and <laughs> learning all the slangs from Argentinian in Barcelona because there is a lot of them and you just talk to them and everything and they are so, so welcoming and I don't know. I I had a couple of times that they clearly catch your look like fuck. I didn't understand anything of this sentence, mm -hmm, and he, mm -hmm. they are like 
Okay, like, boludo, this is the, <laughs> how do we put this, no? Like, uh, <laughs> this is the sentence, yeah. this means, this is the same as in Spanish, whatever, mm-hmm. like, and, mm-hmm. but I think it's, I mean, it's a really, again, going to South America to learn a language, I think it's a really good place to go at the end. I don't know about Rosario, I mean, I've never been, um, but at the end, Argentinian people are, extremely welcoming and they are definitely mm. they love talking they love um having long conversations they have the patience of like okay if you don't understand something they go through it whatever like they take the time and and i suppose that also help <laughs> to you to to say like whatever because there is places and places but rosario um how was the international community there? Like, were you really the only non-Argentinian in there or there was more people around? Um, I mean, after all, Rosario has around um, 1 million inhabitants, right? So it's like not too small after all. And there were, of course, a few international people. It's like and Barcelona it be, size. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So um after all, like um, exchange um, students, I think in total we were like, I think six. Okay, that's so not, not a lot of exchange students, and also the university was quite small, hmm. and um, that made it yeah quite easy to meet Argentinians, which was super cool. And um, of course, Rosario is like not like one of the most famous places in Argentina, but from time to time, there are also like a few tourists, like international wise, right? But like um, what I found really interesting, most of them are also like the Argentinians that I met, they were super interested in like learning about different um, countries, different cultures and um studying english like being super open-minded and as you as you described it like inviting you and i mean they love to celebrate as well right having huge barbecues and so on so they are really inviting and um that's why what i um yeah appreciated so much and which made it um such a nice experience um spending um spending some time there and living there because what my experience is as well is maybe you 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 know it as well when you are abroad and there's like a person speaking the same language that you speak like naturally Mm -hmm. it's always like you get in contact like so easily and then i i sometimes forget oh i'm here because i want to dive in this other culture right but ah, that's like the most convenient way. I just say like, I know, I don't know, with like the group of Germans. And that's like, especially like, Exchange I really started Erasmus. to like, re- exactly. You know, like I start to remind myself and be like, no, why are you here? Like you're interested and you, you, you want to get to know like the, 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 the people and like the culture in that country. Right. And, um, so luckily that 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 worked out i mean it makes a lot of sense i always say there is a balance in there it's really especially when you leave 
abroad, like literally living, not mm -hmm. going there for six months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To have a contact with local, like people from your own country, it's also a nice thing to have, like to speak, go back to Definitely. speaking your language, wherever. But come on, if you go for six months, you can't survive without being surrounded by the people of your third country. Just go there. Come on, are you, you're in fucking Rosario. Che Guevara was born there. Learn something. Uh, Messi was, even if you are just a football guy and not a revolutionary guy, learn something about the fucking city, you know? like. Um, but there is people for everything, as always. Um, but I, I totally agree. I mean, with these kind of things, I always try to also push or learn or try to meet the people who will be, even if it's not from your town, meet the internationals, meet the local people before getting uh, into your ghetto of uh, on people of your own country and only speaking in your own language. Learn the things when you're in the other side of the world. Eat the food, get whatever, like, get culture involved. And that's the beauty of it. Um, totally. Nice. Uh, I think we need to do the second short break. Um, we still have a little bit to talk about Argentina, probably, like uh, how it was. And then we have still two countries with China being in there in the middle, uh, which is a crazy big country. But uh, we did the quick break now and then maybe we tackle the remaining part uh, and then we close the episode. Sounds good. Sounds great. Yes. Cool. Um, we are back again. Um, we were just talking about Rosario and their vibe and mood of like being a city, like a big city, one million and something people, but still not being one of the most famous attractions of Argentina. Let's say like these were not the common uh, touristic spot. Um, but this being one of the reasons why you choose also to go there to be more like in contact with the local people and to learn. Um, so it was also semester abroad as, I, as far as I understood. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Six months again in total. It's a, it's a, now it's a <laughs> rule that you need to have over there, like six months. Yeah. Over six months. <laughs> um, did you have like, it was like a small university as far as I understood, like, but it has the same studies that you had in Germany. Like it was hundred percent collateral, like wherever you were uh, learning one to the other. Of course, that's why partners universities are, I suppose. Um, how about the vibe of Rosario and Argentina? Because um, I suppose, I mean, you lived in other places, but it's much more different, the lifestyle in, in Argentina than in Germany. I don't know. Um, how is this living there for six months? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the lifestyle is uh, pretty different. For me, it was always so interesting to see like overall, yeah, you you find some similarities. Like for mm -hmm. example, um, I, gave the, I, I gave that example earlier with like um, playing volleyball, like sports um, or music and that um, this type of um, sport. I, I did again in, in Argentina, so um, I also played volleyball from time to time. And um, also, um, right now, I'm not so much in contact with any type of church anymore, but I found also that so interesting because, mm -hmm. as I said earlier, I grew up with, like, volunteering in, like, some church kids groups and so on. 
And um, that was also quite interesting for me to see. It's like an international community, like um, German, like, and it's like a similar religion. And that that was quite interesting for me. Mm. And but probably also because there's this connection that like a lot of Argentinians have like relatives from Europe at some point, right? Let it be from Spain or let it be from mm. Italy and so on. And that also um, it it might be stronger in Argentina, but also like, you know, that you kind of value the time with your friends and family that you have. I think that's also like a major value that Argentinian have, Argentinians have. And um, I mean, I basically knew that from back home as well, right? I mean, my family is very important to me and also my friends. So I would say overall, there are like a lot of, or a few similarities, mm. but then like living them concretely um, there, th this is the point I think where it gets um, very different, right? So like, for example, like the um, daily schedule, I I think it's common or no, quite known that Argentinians eat a lot of meat, you mm -hmm. know, that they love, yes. that they're, they're Asado. Asado. Yeah. Exactly. But then, You 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 earlier um, before we started recording again. You asked me about like the usual um, dinner time in Germany, mm. right? And I mean the usual dinner time in Argentina is around like eleven or even later. Spanish uh, time. At night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. At the end, we influenced them <laughs> and more things that we wanted. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Fuck, we really did bad into that countries. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's that's like definitely one thing. And then also, what I remember from Argentina is, of course, like this huge difference between like these cosmopolitan areas like Rosario is rather big I mean Buenos Aires is huge mm. and beautiful but quite European I would say you know like the architecture style and so on and then like traveling to other parts in Argentina which is a lot more rural and a lot more you know like different and really like the nature plays the major part there and I think that is super interesting to um, experience these differences right with like the impressive nature on the one side and then like these um super uh, beautiful cities on the other side and um with with this um different lifestyle mm. yeah this is one of the things that i wanted to ask you actually like Did you manage because you said, okay, I wanted to visit Buenos Aires as, as one of the cities. And even though I didn't want to live in there, um, did you manage to travel around Argentina during that six months and checking the country uh, from your previous response? Mm -hmm. Definitely you did. Um, did you manage to see Buenos Aires from, from inside and be there for some weeks or for some time? Um, Yes, I was in Buenos Aires a few times because I was quite lucky that at the same time when I was in Rosario, two friends of mine from also from my university, they were doing their exchange semester in Buenos Aires. So we visited each other a few times because Rosario is by um, bus, which is like the major transportation. Um, Method, yeah. mode of transportation in Argentina is around four hours. So that's quite fine. Yeah. And um 
I mean, that's an advantage of doing an exchange semester in comparison to working um, abroad. You are quite flexible, right, with your schedule, because I think we had, I think, at least two days free per week. So you, we basically, okay. or I basically always had like a long weekend. That's nice, actually. I mean, I suppose that's the big difference between Ireland and Argentina, that Ireland, you have the nine to five, even if it's I don't know if it was totally. nine to five, whatever, but more like office schedule, whatever. And you need to live with the office life uh, versus Argentina, where probably being it's going abroad again, being student, which is the big difference. Like really guys who are listening to this, like when you travel, being a student, take advantage of that because that freedom <laughs> doesn't come back ever. <laughs> um, so, nice. Totally. Yeah, and my mind when you when you come to the differences between Argentina and Ireland, um, one thing that I almost forgot about Argentina is um, the huge inflation that they have. Right, I now use and basically you 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 have to get organized by yourself with like your communities with your family with where they have as I described like this really strong bond and are super close because you cannot rely on the government. Okay. And that was so interesting for me to learn that as you cannot rely on the government, right? So, um, which means, for example, with like the um, inflation, when um, I flew to Argentina, um, I never had that much money um, in my backpack. I think it was a few thousand euros for like the first month to live there, like paying my rent and everything. Because it is a lot cheaper to um, bring euros to Argentina and then step by step um, um, convert them there in Argentinian peso um get the money over there. Interesting. Uh, definitely. I mean, there is like some kind of devaluation. No, I don't know if it's actually devaluation of the coin itself, but at, this, at the end, like you are bringing an amount that you think that from... German standards, you will survive two months. <laughs> but then with that, it's just like stretching the, the, the money, um, progressively. I think it's just like, I did it in Mexico. Also, like you just arrived there and just, I mean, Mexico is pretty much more like the conversion. It's much higher than that in Argentina. I think the pesos, but at the end, it was also like worth it to. Okay, wait during the week to see what was the day that the currency was lower to be able to do the conversion at that point. Like, okay, now it's the moment. Like, it's <laughs> like nearly being an investment broker saying like, oh, this, this is the time I need to go there and invest, uh, change my euros to, to that. Um, nice. Um, okay. What, what happened next? Like you finished this six months. Here we go again. We go back to Germany. <laughs> uh, China, it's outside of the studies, or it's you decided to do the third round of uh, of going abroad. Um, it was an experience after my bachelor studies, so in between bachelor and master. So maybe you see like a kind of um, pattern over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, 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 I'm missing the word, but like pattern. Yeah, yeah, rep a repetition. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Not only the six months, but also basically the um, taking the opportunity to go abroad whenever I had the possibility, basically. And of course, I know um, 
it uh, of course you need to kind of have the financial resources for it right i mean mm -hmm. for example during uh, during my exchange semester you get you know some money that supports you from like the german government and so on during the internship i was earning money and so on i don't think that it's like completely impossible to like finance it yourself but of course you have to make it a priority right and like to save up some money um to to be able also like once you're in the country to also like travel there right yes. because you you don't want to like you, i don't know fly to argentina and then you're like okay i can't afford to travel i mean that's also one of the reasons why you go there right definitely definitely of course i mean you don't yeah. go to the end of the world like or really far away from your homeland just to stay in a single town and say okay i'm i arrive here i spend six months here and i go back um yeah, without yeah, seeing anything exactly. of course yeah yeah and um yeah so how did i end up in china so basically um after finishing my bachelor's i knew okay i want to take like a break to be honest like i never wanted to like take a, a break um of like a complete year because it was kind of too it felt too long for me mm -hmm. Right now, I kind of like regret, regret it that I didn't um, give myself more like more time. But at least luckily I did six months. So better a few months than nothing. Um, but that's like basically the the point where I'm why I mostly ended up with like doing six months. And um, so I knew I wanted to do like another internship abroad, basically combining the option to like gain work experience and like getting to know like a different country. Okay. And um, I was actually, I was like super flexible where I wanted to go because I was like, okay, I know some Spanish quite well. So why not like get to know like a different culture? And then I was like, okay, I was never in Asia. But in the end, it was more like a coincidence. It was like the internship offer that sounded like the most interesting and that I also got. I mean, you know, like I sent, I don't know how many applications I sent, 40 50, I don't know, um, and which happened. required a lot of time and effort, but um, yeah, th that's how it is. And um, yeah, again, um, in China, I was in Hangzhou, which also is a city that I had never heard of before. <laughs> again. A lot of patterns. Yeah. 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 Which is also like one thing that um, what I really learned from you know, like the experiences that I was able to gain that um, let yourself, so, so, yeah, uh, 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 enjoy the surprise, yeah. right? I mean, nowadays you can do so much research online and um, just check if it's like a kind of, you know, like a nice city. Yeah, but after all, usually that's like the even better experience going to a city as I described earlier or like a place to live where there are not so many internationals, right? I mean, everybody is different in the end, but still, like, if you want to really have, like, the local experience and so on, I think that's um, that's always, like, a great opportunity, right? Definitely. I mean, at the end, also, like, from the majority of European perspective, um, 80% of the cities of not only China, but Asia in general are unknown to to us like it's not totally. like uh, so yeah. who cares you know like you're going there for an internship you know that you need to be somewhere how many cities 
does the regular people who are not really into Chinese culture or has any relatives there or no people in Europe knows more than five cities in China. So being the biggest country in the world in population wise. So um, <laughs> I don't know, just do it, you know, like <laughs> you're going somewhere. I mean, you of course need and have what you were talking about, the possibility of doing the research and checking out if it's the place that you want to be. And we have the over information sometimes right nowadays, but come on, you have the advantage uh, to check it out and see if, if you want to go there or not, but probably majority of the times you will not know the city. So it's okay. Um, so you ended I, you throw all these 50 internships, whatever, knowing which area you wanted to go or saying, okay, now I would like to be able to switch over there, which is cool because you're saying, okay, I've already been there. So I now let's bring it to the, to the other side of the, uh, of the world. Let's say you were in New Zealand, but anyway, like a completely different experience, I suppose. Um, which year are we talking about? Like, uh, it's like uh, after I you was... finalize university, you said. Yeah, I was in China in 2017. Nice. Um, in how was arriving to a city that you didn't know? How was, I mean, let's maybe put the, the perspective. You were going there to do exactly what you did in Ireland somehow but in a complete different cultural uh, shock, I suppose, because Ireland, mm -hmm. we we're talking about this multiculturality, this multi-international tech companies, et cetera, et cetera, that everyone goes out for beers after work, whatever. How is China in that regards? How, how it was entering the work world in, in, in mm -hmm, China? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it was a completely different experience because like working culture in China is so different um, from European working culture, I would say. Mm. Um, so we, do, I made this example earlier from like um, this after work going for a beer with your colleagues, right? And mm. in China, um, most people don't drink alcohol. Or for example, where I was working, I was working after with like a German company. Um, but they're like, um, the company would organize buses for the people um, or for the employees living like all over the huge city and um, Hangzhou has around 10 million inhabitants, right? Oh. Which is huge. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can um, come to that later on if you want as well. But so it was a completely different experience. So people would arrive with like company organized buses every day in the morning at the same time, then would also leave in the afternoon every day at the same time again. So it would be some something very special and when there would be like some type of dinner or so something similar with your with your colleagues because mm. it was it, it was really like this very strict schedule every day and it was also really common to um have breakfast in the company okay so so it was offered like breakfast and um yeah i think lunch is quite common but like like um, breakfast also Service, yeah. and yeah and then what was also really different of course was like the type of um, communication right maybe um, you heard it before but um, um, saying no 
does not really happen. And I, I think if I'm, if I, if I remember correctly in Asian countries in general, but um, especially in China, like you would never really say no as it's considered like impolite or considered like losing like your, 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 I think it's called face or something like mm -hmm. that. Right. In cultural terms. So they would also like, they would always give you like a different type of explanation of trying to tell you that something will not happen or that there is like a problem or it won't be the way that you expected it to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. And um, me being like from a country, which is supposed to be, um, you know, like on a cultural, you know, from a cultural perspective, being quite direct as a German. And yes. um, that was really like a learning experience Um, trying to figure out ways um, how to communicate with the Chinese, right? To say no without saying no directly, yeah. but rather yeah, saying yeah. Oh, have you have you considered that this might go in that direction? No, yeah, of course. <laughs> exactly. Or like even in the first place, even understanding that your Chinese colleague is telling you somehow, no, it's not working, mm -hmm. you know? Of course. Oh, that's yeah. curious. Yeah. That's very nice. I mean, I, I remember when I was in India because of work, that thing of, I mean, with buses, it's the same. I was in, in Bangalore, so um, they have it. The city is so big that they need to provide some kind of transportation. The public transportation, it doesn't cover enough. And you, if you grab your own car, you never arrive. So they provide like transports from the company and therefore they arrive before breakfast. Therefore, they provide the, bref the breakfast service in the company. Mm -hmm. I remember that also in there, um, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, at the end, if you live in a 10 million city, I mean, Athens is half of that. If you count the non-registered people in this city and it's enormous it's already like crazy 10 million people living in a city it's just like i don't know that's if i take catalonia as itself that's seven million there is three million in there that you need to take from somewhere else um how how is life in this kind of cities like how, Do you end living in your streets, your neighborhood, your whatever, and then just like closing yourself into a certain part of the city without discovering anything else because it's literally impossible to arrive there? How how do you how do you live in this? Um, I think first of all, like you can never stop like exploring the city. I don't know how many like different types of like small centers they have right mm -hmm. because for example during the week where i mostly stayed like in the area where i was living but you would never have to leave like already this type of huge area right because there was there was everything that you would need and think of how many um you know like huge buildings and so and parks and so on and they would have it was crazy and of course there was like some um some like highlights or um, like the 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 biggest in the city centers um as the city is considered as um quite um beautiful due to this um huge lake um but yeah you can never stop exploring and then also as there are so many people you basically once you're outside of your um apartment You never spend time alone, right? Especially during holidays. I was, as I was working again, you want to use like the holidays that you have, right? And Chinese mm -hmm. people, they don't have too many vacation days. I don't remember the exact amount, 
but then everybody is traveling on the same days and maybe you've seen it on TV before. It's crazy what happens on these days when you go to the train station, for example. And um, I really remember how how in my impression, Chinese, uh, the Chinese are used to these huge amount of groups or like the trains being like super full. Mm. And for me, it really was a new experience because, for example, everybody was then like using their smartphone, watching like some videos while traveling in the train, for example, to, to Shanghai, which is not too far away. And nobody would use headsets. And it really? was oh, so confusing for me. Because it was like super loud and everybody would like watch their own video, right? And was like a mess. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it, like if they are just used to it or they, they don't get uh, disturbed by it. It, um, I mean, just it was get a the, new experience for get me. Get the May Carter now in from in Germany and you have the same now, I suppose. Um, for for a month, uh, <laughs> nine, nine euros ticket uh, for traveling all over, Europe, uh, all over Germany and you have the True. same amount of... Mm -hmm crowded trains um was it easy though like it is a big city do they really like in city because I, if i right now compare it to, to to athens for example one of the biggest problem here is that yes the city is big but the public transportation it's not covering properly the city in that sense so there is a lot of neighborhoods that are pretty unconnected if you don't have a private transportation method was it like the same in there like Or you were really able to arrive everywhere with public transport? Mm -hmm. um, in that sense, I really have to say that when I was there in 2017, China was already at that point super modern. Mm. As So especially like in the big cities that I visited and um, especially for Hangzhou very new modern public transport at that time Also, what we used a lot, um, um, the shared bikes, I was using mm -hmm. a lot. Nice. Um, a lot of trains, really modern trains. Of course, they at that time when I was there, they wouldn't go to like any part of the city, but like to the major points, yes. And very modern and reliable and like really high quality, I remember. And um, in general... Yeah, China was so modern. Like I, I still remember the, the even like the person selling like some stuff. I don't know fruits or vegetables um, on the street. They would only have like a QR code, and you, you would just pay. like pay. Yeah, without any cash. For Germany, that's a a no go. <laughs> you don't have an AC card. Oh, yeah. wow. ah, incredible. <laughs> I mean, I suppose there is a little, a really big gap of cultural um, things. So they understand things differently and they're technologically wise. There is things that has evolved in a completely different way than Europe and other places in the world. And we don't understand that. Like we really don't get certain things and they happen. They just like are three steps away from other countries in certain things. And then there is other stuff that they may be like a little bit behind and front whatever like it's but it's really interesting to see this kind of combination of things no like for us in europe going and watching your video in a train even if you're fucking alone in there you put your headsets on it's, it's just mm -hmm. cultural that you don't you don't 
I don't know, watch a YouTube video, even though there is people doing it. Um, unfortunately, I think we're running quite out of time. Um, so maybe fun. I would like try to grab Netherlands like quickly over there. And just like, if you could just say what happened, like, I suppose like China, I would really, I mean, I could be hours talking about China. So probably I will contact you again for another episode at some point and we can get deep into that, but maybe just to close this episode a little bit and make it round. Um, did you came back to after the six months, it's an internship, then you start master as far as I understood. When did Netherlands happen? How did you end there? How long? Uh, a little bit like a resume for probably mm -hmm. a next episode if you're up to uh, for the next season. <laughs> That sounds great. Um, to make it really short, I did my master's in the Netherlands. So that time I didn't only spend six months there, but even like a year that time. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up in the Netherlands. Yeah, because nice. I was specifically um, looking for master programs being outside of Germany. And of course, also a country where like the tuition fees are not so high and the education system is on a quite a high standard and um yeah that's how i ended up studying my masters in the netherlands nice i would like to propose you like i have this season kind of closed right now and i'm still dealing with the idea if i will do the same format less next year in the sense of that but i would really like to dig into countries specifically probably next season it's maybe an advance that i shouldn't be saying too much right now um but I would probably like to contact you for next season if you, if it's okay for you and we have a, another conversation sure. about China. I really want to go deep into specific countries instead of trying to do the whole thingy. So I propose you that as a just a that sounds great. Uh, I'm definitely in. Um, the last two questions that I ask everyone, I think we talked about it before, uh, would be first one. It's a, recommendation that you give to anyone in a generic way in a specific say or uh, new zealand you need to go there it doesn't really matter whatever you want mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um three recommendations um i think i would like to stay some quite general because choosing a country i think is really like yes, something difficult. very personal <laughs> um i think one thing is that i mentioned before like Try to be open-minded to places that you um, don't know about. As I as I said earlier, I didn't. I had never heard of Rosario. Even in Germany, I had never heard of Reutling before, and it was one of the best times that I had. So really, try to be open-minded and just do the some research and try it out. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You can always come back, right? So yes. that that would definitely be be the first thing. And I think what goes in hand hand in hand with that is. Um, Really try to meet the locals. I know, especially when not knowing the language is really difficult, but at least, um, with like some English, it's, I think, always possible to meet a few. And I think that's like the best memories that I have. Yeah. Um, and, um, the last one, I think it also goes hand in hand, like, um, try things out. Um, for example, in China, I didn't know the menu because I couldn't read it. It was all in Chinese signs and mm -hmm. I don't know Chin Chinese. And I would just like say, okay, 
Ich took my finger and show and this and you, you, you don't know what's gonna happen, but um, it can end up, yeah, very great. And if not, then you just try it the next time something else. So yeah, just try it out. Don't do that if you have intolerance uh, to food, but besides <laughs> sure. that, go for it. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, the last question that I always ask, uh, do you want to use the platform, the episode to promote anything for yourself or friends? Uh, I don't know, friends of friends, uh, anything that you would like to say uh, here. You need to check this out. <laughs> um, really, like, I don't have like anything in specific specifically at the moment totally fine <laughs> yeah the only thing that comes to my mind as we are talking about it earlier if any if anyone who listens to the episode is um interested in exchanging experience like uh working abroad um for like a real uh uh, uh yeah type of position or like working 100 remote um i would be super interested in that type of exchange sure let's put it like You will have probably social media, whatever. So if you want to get in contact with Christine about remote working, um, let's do it. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time today to, to talk to me. And it was a real nice conversation. I think it's, I really, really like feel bad because time restrained, whatever of the episode, but I think there is still a pending conversation around there, around China, around Netherlands, probably. But I really like to talk about specific countries at some point. Um, so I, it's there. Um, again, thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks a lot. To, to thanks a lot uh, to you, Mark. It was a lot of fun. 